You log into some virtual meetings or you walk into the room if it's an in-person meeting. And this could be, this is true at a company, at a church, at a school, wherever. You walk, you log in or you walk in and you notice how some teams or some meetings or some groups, everybody's talking. Like all the cameras are on, everybody's speaking, you're in the room, all the hands are up. Like people are cutting each other off. So many people are, are speaking. And then you go into other meetings or other team gatherings and there's silence. Why is there that difference? I'm going to give you three things to look for to change that, to get the team, to get the group, to get people in the room talking in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. don't miss an episode tap on the follow plus or subscribe button and you'll get two new episodes each week thanks for listening to the culture hacks podcast with russ hill okay so what i'm going to share with you in this podcast episode we've actually been talking about quite a bit with clients of ours because it's so prevalent it's happening everywhere and, and so many leaders don't understand. So many of us don't know what to do about it. And the issue is, why are some teams, some groups, some, some people just, th- there's just tons of discussion and, and, and energy in a meeting. And then another one, it's like, dude, you could like, like crickets, right? The leader's talking and, <laughs> and all the cameras are off and all the mics are muted and nobody's raising their hand. Or it could be true like in a church meeting, like you ask a question and nobody speaks up. Or it could be true in a classroom or anywhere. Why does that difference exist? And uh, in this episode, I'm going to share with you what we tell our clients, what we share with them. So you're getting like, you're getting tons of value in this free episode. And hopefully you'll be the judge of whether it's valuable or not. But this for me was a game changer. I can't wait to share it with you. Welcome in to the Culture Hacks podcast. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living um, coaching and consulting senior executive teams of some of the world's biggest companies. Find out more about our firm. And if there's any, I mean, you can watch videos. You can look at some of the things that we do. You can, if you've got questions, you can, you can find links to, 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 to contact and reach out to us. All that's at LoneRockConsulting.com. LoneRockConsulting.com. Here's here. Here are some things to consider when it comes to and I'm going to use the uh, the fancy kind of corporate term for this and uh, use whatever term you want. You want to. But the popular um, kind of uh, timely phrase in the workplace is psychological safety. Right. And I've talked about this from time to time in podcast episodes, but you, you can call it um, comfort. You can call it safety. You can call it um, a good environment. You can call it whatever you want to call it. How do you create a, a dynamic or an environment in a meeting or on a team or in a group or in an organization to where people are speaking up? You're getting their best ideas. You're getting them to contribute. And it's not just one person speaking or one person offering ideas. So th- there are there are three, and this is we we've we've read like countless books, been in a, a million different webinars, interviewed lots of different people, studied this um, tr- just a ton. This idea of psychological safety or creating an environment where people feel 
um, they feel comfortable offering ideas and having a robust debate. So what I want you to think about is, are these three phases? So when you join a new organization, we see this all the time in the meetings that we're in with clients, like somebody's new, somebody changed within the company, they moved around and now they're a part of this team and they're in, they're in a meeting virtually or in person for the first time, or they just joined the company. They, they, they changed companies and they're here for the first time. It's happened numerous times as part of this great resignation, right? There's so much movement in the, in, in, in the marketplace um, that uh, it, this is probably happening to you as well. New members of the team. So think about yourself. I want, I want to come at this from that standpoint. So you're new or, and you could, again, you could apply this to, you just moved and you're a teenager or, or a college student. You, you, you go to a new class. College doesn't work quite as much because um, some college classes are like 400 people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a group of 10, 20, 50 in the room. So you're the new person. What's what what's your biggest concern walking into that organization or that meeting, that gathering at work, church, school, wherever? What's your biggest concern? Your biggest concern is survival, <laughs> like le- legitimately. You, we are programmed as humans for threat detection. That's the animal part of us. Right. So we, we come into a new scenario, new environment, and we're looking for in the case of um of a workplace environment and you can apply it to others if you want to other environments. But when you come in, you're thinking, where's the threat? Who is the threat? Like look out for her or don't disagree with him or you're, 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 or maybe it's everybody, but you're, you're, and you don't even know you're doing this. I don't, none of us think about it that way, but it's just natural. There are exceptions. There are, there are a few of you who are listening that have so much confidence and no fear whatsoever. You're so extroverted. You don't care about any of that. And you go in and you don't evaluate this at all. You're the exception. You're the outlier. The rest of us have some degree of threat detection that we're doing subconsciously. So we're looking for threat. So I want you to think about that as a leader, as somebody facilitating a conversation, leading a discussion wherever that might be, you need to know that that's what the team's doing. They don't even know they're doing it, but they're detecting where are the threats. And so how do you know how safe, comfortable, whatever the adjective or verb is, how do you know how, how, how much comfort and safety people are feeling? Here's how you know. When you feel a little bit of safety or security in the room, or you're, you're still trying to judge it, what you tend to do is observe. So there are three different modes that I'm going to walk through. If you're taking notes mentally or on paper or whatever or on your iPhone, this is the first one you want to capture. The first phase or the first group of people are those who are observing. They are the people who are most concerned about the threat in the room. They haven't determined yet that it's safe or they're so new that they're just observing. That's, they're just watching. You don't hear anything from them. They might nod their head, but they're observing. Okay. That when you see just observation, you know, you've got a group that doesn't feel a lot of safety or security or comfort in saying what they think that. So that's the first kind of phase or first mode that people are in. The second one is when you start to feel 
a little bit of safety security. You're like, okay, I I think that I don't think there's any real threat to my survival. I don't think I don't think I'm going to lose my job. Then you contribute. So first mode is your first phase. Observe. Second one is you contribute. Well, what does that look like? What does it look like when you contribute? Well, you're raising your hand and you're saying, yeah, I yeah, I've had that happen to me, too. You're offering ideas and they are what? They all support the discussion in the room, the leader who's speaking, other people. You're backing them up. You're reinforcing. You're telling a story. You're sharing an experience that's in line with the general thinking in the room. You're contributing. So when you see people raising their hand, speaking up and and agreeing with or backing somebody else up or whatever else that might be, they're contributing and you should know you take away from that. Oh, they feel safe. They feel a little bit of safety. So at if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you know, I'm a church goer, right? Our family attends church every Sunday. And so at church, when you get into a smaller group and, you know, the second the second hour we have Sunday school or different different groups. And so you meet in smaller groups. Everybody's together the first hour, second hour, you're, you're broken up into smaller groups based on age or gender or whatever else. It's all these different these different groups. And when you get them into smaller groups, you, 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 it's sometimes in the room, you, lots of people raising their hand and offering an idea or sharing experiences. And it's all head nodding. They're all agreeing with the topic that's being discussed and they offer interesting perspective and it's valuable to hear other people's opinions, but that's only the like second stage of safety. So what's the third stage or the final stage where, you know, what are people doing that would cause you to go, Oh, this team or these individuals feel a lot of safety. They feel totally comfortable in here. They don't perceive any threat at all. What are they doing? Right. They're challenging. First phase is I walk into a new environment. I observe. I don't know if it's safe to speak up here. Then I feel some safety or security in the room. I now contribute. I raise my hand. I look up. I speak. I turn on my camera. I unmute myself. I contribute. But it's in line with the general thinking in the room. Then when I feel a, a, another level, like I'm okay, this is, this is a pretty healthy environment. There's no real threat here. I can bring my real self. I can be authentic here. I can be raw. I can offer my diverse or different perspective. Now I'm challenging. Hey, I, and I raise my hand. I go, I don't know if I agree with that, or I've got a different perspective, or what about this? That's how you know. That's what you're looking for. I uh, maybe I don't know, maybe six months ago, it might be longer, less than that. I was asked, um, I'm going to give a church example, then I'll go to a workplace example in just a second. And at church, I was asked to work with the um, the oldest teenage boys again. So we've got about 30 of them that go to our congregation and they are they are between the ages of um, they're going to turn 16 this year or they're all the way up to 18. So they're they're generally, you know, sophomore, juniors, seniors in high school. So the, the oldest teenagers in, in the congregation. And so the, the young men, the boys. And so I'm in there and it's interesting. You got, we get a ton of them, right? A couple dozen in the room. 
and you see heads down and they're just observing. They, they might actually be asleep in this environment. You don't do that at work, hopefully, because um, you want to get paid. It's less of a concern at in a church meeting, especially for a teenage a teenager who maybe doesn't want to be there or stayed out too late or whatever the environment is. And so they're just observing or just kind of they're just there. And that that is the least valuable experience from a participant standpoint. And, and so you try to get them to feel safe enough to now they're contributing. Yeah, I've got something to offer. And, and that, so you're working to get to that. Like I want them to raise their hand. I want them to offer their perspective. Well, that's when they start to feel a little bit of safety. Now we're finally, you know, about six months into working with this group with uh, a lot of other um, awesome adult men who volunteer with them. And now we're, we're, what we're pushing towards is now, now we want them to challenge. Hey, I've got a question. Like, I don't know if I believe in that or I don't know if I've, uh, I, I, I see it that way. Or what about this? Or is that really true? Like, that's what you want. You want the challenging to go on. And in the workplace, you want that. So we, we, we go to all these different organizations, right? We get a new client and, or we're working with a new leader in, in part of an organization or somebody who just changed or got promoted or whatever else. And we're looking when we log in or we walk into the room and the leader, this is in our, with our consulting clients, that's what we're looking for. Are people observing or are they contributing or are they challenging not just one person or two people, but broadly, what's the culture here? What's the environment? What's the mindset of people? So how do I create that? The, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to spend as much time on that in this episode. I'm going to give you a couple of ideas on that. I wanted to spend the bulk of the time to have you be able to evaluate that. I think that's really valuable, right? Like, is that helpful to you? It, uh, hopefully you've captured that in some kind of notes and you can, you can look for that in, in any environment you're in at work or wherever you're at, whatever, wherever you're trying to lead, look for that. And you're trying to move people along and, and maybe most of the teams that challenge, but you've got a new member who's just an observe their brand new employee or their new person in school or whatever. You're working to get them to that third and final mode or phase or level of contributing um, or of, um, of feeling safety, right? Okay. So how do you do that? Um, just a couple of quick tips that I'll share with you. One is you, you create an environment where you're recognizing, you're calling out your, you're rewarding those that are at the challenge phase. Hey, Lisa, you know, last week we were chatting and you, you know, you texted me and we, we had a quick uh, call and you pushed back on that email that I sent out on Tuesday and I want to tell you, Lisa, that was so valuable when you when you um, offered that perspective and and raised your concerns about it. Again, now you're sending a message to the team that it's OK to challenge me or, and or in a meeting. I'm giving you several different scenarios of how to do this. I'm going to hit you just rapid fire with several or in a meeting. You're having a conversation. You've offered your you've offered the topic. Here's what I, what we're talking about. Who sees it differently? Who has a different take or I used to view this differently and here's how I saw it. Or I think this is one of the concerns that people might bring if they didn't see it the way we're, we're seeing it. Or if they, if they didn't want to go in that direction, like you're fueling the, the fire or the fans of, of different perspectives so that people are going, Oh, like he or she, they're actually open to hearing different ideas. 
Like they're they're calling it out. They're they're recognizing it. They're seeing it. They're validating it. I might be able. Yeah, I see it that way, too. I actually am not sure that we're moving in the right strategic direction or I'm not sure that's the right decision, Russ, or I don't know that I agree with what you just said. So you you're off. You're inviting that. And then maybe there's somebody in the room who you specifically know sees it differently than you do as the leader or someone in the room. And so you're calling it out. Hey, Travis, what, what's your perspective on that? I know that I know that, you know, we've had some conversations about it and you've got kind of a different viewpoint than I do. W- would you mind sharing that and just giving some of the background on why you feel that way or how you're seeing it or what data you're like you invite it. And that well, who else who else feels like Travis does? And you're creating this environment. The last thing you're doing, you want to create a culture of just observation and no one contributes or challenges. Then you interrupt, constantly interrupt anyone that brings up a a different viewpoint. You want to create an environment where people don't feel safe. You challenge in a direct way. Like somebody raises their hand. They're like, yeah, Russ, I don't know. I kind of see it. Well, Mike, why do you, I, I can't believe you see it. Like you just cut them off. You go right at them. You're defensive. You get in their face. You have emotion to it. Like that cuts him off. I have to manage this because I'm so passionate. Anything that I'm going to spend my time talking about, working on, engaged in, I have passion around. I just, I I don't, I, I, I just get so bored by monotone people and people who just talk matter of factly. And it's, it's a great strength of mine and it's a weakness, right? It's both of those things at the same time. And so I have to be careful because sometimes people interpret my passion or energy and my response is, oh, he's telling us that's the way to go. It's the only option. And and I, I'm not good at this. Like I'm working on it really hard. I have been for a long time. You'd think I'd figure it out by now. But so I just have to put disclaimers in there all, all the time. Like I'm movable on this. I'm totally movable. But how, here's how I'm seeing it. Or you all, I might be looking at this wrong. Or I might not have all the information or I'm just off. I'll say this too, especially in our d- internal discussions as a firm and being one of the you know co-founders and whatever else, you can, you can stifle a conversation pretty quickly and move people from challenge back to contribute or to, to observation if you come in too hot, right? Too strong on it. I'm not talking about being mean or, or argumentative. That, that's, that's not, I'm not guilty of that. But what, what I'm talking about is you come in and you just, you, you, you have so much passion about it that they, they confuse that as, oh, um, he feels it's this way and it has to be that way. No, I might be looking at this wrong or you all, I'm going to take a position here just to take a position. It's not one that I actually know if I feel strongly about, I'm just taking it to advance the conversation, right? So you say that. So people go, oh, they know how to interpret your energy or your strong opinion or whatever it might be. So I'm going to wrap up, but that, 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 what I wanted to get across in this episode is how do you detect that? What are you looking for? Are people observing? Are they contributing? Or do you have them at challenge? And how do you get more people over there? I'd love your feedback. If you've got some ideas on this or if this was helpful to you, just direct message me on LinkedIn. The link to connect with me and to, uh, to message me is in the show notes. I'm so grateful you all to you spending a few minutes of your time with me. We're back on track. <laughs> Two new episodes a week and ideas, observations, best practices, lessons, experiences from our work with leaders of all kinds of different industries. That's what I try to offer you in these podcast episodes. Basically, you're in the right place if you're interested in growing, 
if you're interested in leading and you're interested in creating. Those are the things I try to offer you ideas about in each one of these episodes. All right, I'll talk to you in the next episode of the Culture Hacks podcast. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.